Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Otson Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Preem. Kevin Wade is on the show today. Eric Scopel is out for the week on vacation. Uh, and before we dive into some recruiting discussion, we're going to look at six prospects that are uh, of high importance for the Oregon Ducks and what happens if they land them at that position and what happens if they, they miss out at that position? Who do they turn to if they turn to anybody? Before we dive into that, Discussion, I want to remind you guys, we're still offering our 10-year anniversary promotion. You get an annual membership to DuckTerritory.com for 50% off. That can carry you all the way through a spring football season, which the Pac-12 is currently planning on doing. That carries you through college basketball, which the Pac-12 conference is currently planning on doing. That also carries you uh, through the entire cycle of the 2021 recruiting class. We know that's, that's not going away. That will always be here, and Oregon has a top 10 recruiting class pushing for a top five, top three finish, potentially even the number one class in the country. So stay up to date by subscribing to DuckTerritory.com today. Get 50% off an annual membership, less than $50 for your first year at DuckTerritory.com. One-time payment of under $50. Amazing savings by doing that. All right, Kevin, uh, we, we discussed it at the beginning. I teased it a little bit. Oregon currently has one of the best recruiting classes in the country. They are fifth nationally. They have 18 verbal commitments. They are first in the Pac-12. Everything right now is rolling for this recruiting class. And the question now becomes, with 18 verbal commitments, how many more guys do they sign? Who do they sign? And we kind of picked out six names that we feel like are some of the highest-rated players that Oregon's recruiting. Some of these guys are the number one player in the country, the number two player in the country. Uh, a couple of them are, you know, lower-rated guys, three-star guys, but we still view them as highly important for this recruiting class. And we're going to run through each guy that we pick for the six and kind of give our take of what happens if they sign, what happens if they don't sign with Oregon, where does Oregon turn, what does Oregon do, at that position. And let's start with Kingsley Suomatia, the offensive tackle from Orem High School in Utah, six foot five, 280 pounds, 58th best player in the country, the 10th best offensive tackle in the country, the number one prospect in the state of Utah. Uh, Kingsley has been high on Oregon for quite some time. The Ducks have been kind of the perceived leader of this group um, with of a group that includes Alabama, LSU, Georgia, uh, USC, Utah, you know, you name it, they've, they've offered. Um, but Oregon is kind of the perennial favorite. Nine crystal balls have been cast for the, for Kingsley. All nine are for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, it, safe to say, right, that he is going to, uh, he is projected to land at Oregon. I'm not going to say he's going to for sure, but it's safe to say, Oregon's the prohibial favorite. It would be a pretty big shock if he doesn't land at Oregon. Yeah, it would be a huge shock. Just looking at the way his recruitment has played out over the past 
really three years. I mean, the Ducks offered a long, long, long time ago. Um, and, and Kingsley's been one of those prospects that kind of pulled a pull from when the first 2021 rankings came out years ago was a nationally targeted guy. Uh, and he's still right up there in the top 100 of the rankings. So it, he's a known recruit, known entity, has all the big offers, uh, has all the top coaches contacting him. But Oregon has really just put those press on uh, since the beginning. I, he was at last year's Saturday Night Live where he, I, I believe it, he told you that he felt like he was Oregon's top target overall, regardless of class. And that was with guys like, Justin Flo and Noah Sewell still on the board. So Oregon has really made him a priority, especially with Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal's focus on the offensive line. So it would be a, a big surprise just based off the crystal ball, everything we've heard for the past year to see him go somewhere else. But there are other schools that are still in the conversation. USC has kind of made a, a little bit of a late push, but the Ducks still have that, that big lead that they've built up over the past three years. Now let's just, for comparison's sake here, let's say Kingsley commits to Oregon. He says he's going to be making his decision and, and using quotes here soon. Uh, no real clear definition of what soon means, but I think it's safe to say in the next couple of months, he will have committed to a school. Um, let's say he goes to Oregon. Oregon has two players currently on, on their commit list that are viewed as offensive tackles. Bram Walden he is the 86th best player in the country, the 14th best offensive tackle, their third highest commit. Uh, he would just be a couple shades below Kingsley. And then they also have Jonah Miller, who's rated as an offensive guard, but Oregon's kind of recruiting him to play both tackle primarily, potentially guard as well. Uh, he is the 16th best guard in the country, 265th best player in the country, regardless of position. And then they also have four-star center Jackson Light. He's He has no – no future at, at center uh, – I mean, at, at tackle. He's center all the way. He's one of the best centers in the country, uh, fifth best center nationally. So he's locked in at that center position. But with Kingsley now in the fold, let's say, uh, Bram Walden also there, and Jonah Miller also currently committed to the Ducks. Tough to envision Oregon going out and trying to find any other – offensive tackle prospect even a guy that that's a that's a hey he can play guard or tackle it's tough to see Oregon go out and 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 land that that pure tackle um in the 2021 class with three guys that can play the position there's not a lot of seniors on the roster limited scholarships the question becomes if Kingsley commits somewhere else does Oregon try and pursue another offensive tackle to replace him I, I think that's kind of one of the big questions about this class because the offensive line just was built so strong with the addition of the two Arizona linemen and then Jackson Light, plus the guys they signed in the past year. Uh, I, I think there are some names that are other uh, elite guys who we'll, maybe we'll get to. The Ducks have been tossing around uh, interest. They were in the top eight for a long time for a five-star Marius Mims, but that ended up not uh, sticking through. Uh, I, I think the Ducks are fairly set, especially with this class. Kind of, I don't think there's a huge number crunch, but um, there are 18 guys right now projected to take 22 guys. Maybe you take some other positions of need because the offensive line is pretty young and pretty established. So if there's a top 200 guy that comes along, then you definitely have to 
to take those things, but I don't think there's a, a need to take an offensive tackle outside of an elite four-star type guy. Yeah, and, and the question becomes, is there is there that elite four-star guy out there? I mean, Jaeger Burton is out there, but um, he might be the only one that Oregon seriously has a good chance at landing. And you never know. Recruiting is always fluid. Uh, things always can turn on a dime in a very quick second. Um, but is realistically today, is, is there – an offensive tackle out there that you can say that Oregon's in a good position, even second or third right now. And I don't think you can safely say that for very many of those elite level prospects. And that then leads to the question of the next player who is on this list. And and that is Bryce Foster. Um, Bryce Foster is, is an offensive lineman from the state of Texas, uh, Katy, Texas, to be in fact, uh, one of, the top overall players in the country. He is currently ranked 64th nationally, the fourth best offensive guard, the ninth best player in the state of Texas, according to the 24-7 sports composite. He's making a verbal commitment December 18th. He has Oregon in that final grouping of five. It's LSU, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, and Texas A&M. Comes from a long line of of family members that have attended a Texas A&M, but he does have – a relative who graduated from the University of Oregon. He's a big track star as well. He's looking to do both. He's highly respected in the track community as well. I think as a shot put thrower, uh, a, a guy that's you know going to be sought after for, for two sports. He wants to play both in college, football, and, and uh, track. And the question becomes, with, with Bryce Foster, uh, what happens if Kingsley commits – does Oregon have the room to add a Bryce Foster? I say yes. What, 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 what's your thoughts? I think he's an, another guy you just have to take. You have to find the room uh, to, to make it. Just one, Oregon, as I just noted, is building that offensive line, that physical mentality. And Bryce Foster is one of the most physical guys in the country. Um, being a multi-sport athlete, I mean, I, you see his power in his shot put. Um, just a little anecdote, he tweeted back in May, uh, his goal is to find a program that you can win a national championship in both football and track uh, of his suitors. Really, only Oregon is the one that has done that on the men's side in track. I know he wants to win the team championship and the personal, but uh, I think that does bode well a little bit for Oregon with the brand new Hayward Field. Uh, He's been tweeting about that, and as you noted, his grandmother went to Oregon. So, uh, I think he's a guy that you have to find room for. He's just got so much power, and he could be a real game changer when you pair him with all the other guys. I mean, you look at the line, if they were to land Kingsley as well, the, that five lineman class would just be a starting line for so many teams out there because of how talented they are. Yeah, Oregon's offensive line, if they add Kingsley and then on top of that were to double up with Bryce Foster to go with Graham Walden, to go with Jonah Miller, and to go with Jackson Light, Oregon's offensive line's future is as bright as it's maybe ever been. Uh, And that's saying something considering the guys that have come through the program the last few seasons. Now the question becomes, let's just assume Bryce Foster doesn't go to Oregon. Does Oregon pursue any other guards that are out there? Um, I, I think that kind of also depends a little bit with what happens with Kingsley because if Kingsley commits, 
Oregon can easily slide a, a, a Jonah Miller down to guard if they want to um, and, and kind of fill that guard position. But I, I'm almost to the point right now where it's Bryce Foster or bust along the offensive line at the guard position for Oregon because they've been able to recruit the position extremely well the last few seasons. They don't have a lot of scholarships. They're in on a lot of other guys. No need to use a scholarship on, on a flyer-type recruit who you don't know is, is elite or not. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think as you hit it right on what I was going to say is that you've recruited the interior very well the past few years. Um, you got Logan Sagapolu on campus, returned from his LDS mission early. He can play center or guard. Jonathan Dennis, center or guard as well. Uh, TJ Bass, the JUCO out of Butte College, center or guard as well. Uh, <laughs> Marcus Harper, another one. So you, you've kind of got your interior set from the, the last year's class and this year kind of feels like if you can get Bram Walden, uh, you've already got him on the edge. So I, I think it's it's very good right now, uh, but can only get better. But it's really with those two guys. The last player on this list on the offensive side of the football is another one of the best players in the country. Four-star wide receiver Dante Thornton. He's actually the highest rated guy among the offensive players that we are going to list. He's 51st in the country, regardless of position, sixth best receiver in the country, the second best player in the state of Maryland. Plays his prep football at Mount St. Joseph High School in Baltimore, six foot four and a half, almost six foot five. Recently clocked himself running, I believe, a, what, a 4 4 40? Laser times. Laser time, 4-4-3-40. At that size is pretty dang impressive. Uh, 11 crystal balls have, predi- have been predicted. All of them are for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, this is another player that a lot of people are viewing as a heavy commitment or heavy lean towards Oregon. He's making his verbal commitment. He's scheduled to do it January 9th, 2021. I believe that's during one of the All-American games. Uh, off the top of my head, kind of can't remember which one he's committed to. Um, but he's, he's got everybody involved, Arizona state, Florida state, Notre Dame, Oregon, USC, 27 total scholarship offers. Uh, this is the first player that Oregon offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Moorhead went and saw when he became a coach. He wasn't even officially announced. Moorhead wasn't, he wasn't officially announced at all. I mean, he, he cleared the paperwork, but Oregon hadn't even sent out the press release yet. And he was in Mount St. Joseph High School, checking in with Dante Thornton. Uh, Moorhead offered Thornton a scholarship years back when he was at Penn State. So this is one of the most sought-after recruits for Oregon right now. And honestly, looking at this position group, they've already added Troy Franklin, who is the third-best receiver in the country. He's a five-star, the 28th-best player regardless of position, the second best player in the state of California. Other receivers currently committed, Kyron Ware Hudson, he's a four-star, 129th best player, regardless of position. Isaiah Bravard, another four-star receiver, six foot four, 200 pounds out of the state of Mississippi. Uh, They've got two other tight ends in this group. I'm at the point for me, Kevin, where it's Dante Thornton or Buss at the receiver spot. If if they don't land him, I don't see them going after any other guys at that position right now. This offensive recruiting class is already so good, 
And as we've kind of noted, spots are limited. Um, there's even some questions what's going to happen with scholarships after this year with everything going on. Um, Oregon's recruiting class on the offensive side is so dominant. I posted this stat on the site a few weeks ago. They're one of just two teams to land 10 offensive commits that are all blue chips since 2010, uh, just to tell you how good it is. I think if the Ducks miss out on any of these three guys, there, there isn't someone they have to take. Maybe someone does come along. Some guy has a massive senior season and just explodes and is available late and could be a good pickup. But barring that, I think the class is really well set. But the Ducks are the crystal ball favorite for two of these three guys. So I think that kind of lends you to what Oregon is planning to do with their remaining few scholarships. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. And, and the balance between how many guys can you view as must-take. I, I think Dante Thornton's a must-take, right? Like Absolutely. Yeah, every, every day of the week. And, and But – to a point, though, yes, individually, uh, a Kingsley or a Foster or a Thornton, individually, they're all must-takes. But when you go and look at the guys that we're going to discuss on the defensive side after the break, it gets to a point where you just can't literally take everybody. So it's gonna be a, there's going to be a balance that we're going to have to see Mario Cristobal maneuver of how many guys can he add to the roster because eventually it just gets – if you, if you take everybody that you view as a must-take, uh, if it plays out in a perfect world scenario where everyone wants to come, all of a sudden you're going to be four, five, six guys over the scholarship limit. Yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about six guys. Oregon's at 18 commits. So they'll be able to stick under that 24 – or 25 is the amount you're allowed to take in a class. They'll be able to stay under that. But that 85 number, because there's not a huge senior class this year, is going to be – a challenge. And I think that's why the class is projected to be a little smaller than that 25 number. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we teased it defensive side of the football. There's three players, two five stars that we're going to discuss what happens if they commit or don't commit to the Oregon ducks coming up next here after the break. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Kevin Wade is with me on the show, breaking down some of the best players in the country that are considering the Oregon Ducks and what happens if they commit to Oregon at that position or what happens if, if they don't. Who, who does Oregon turn to? Um, let's start first. Corey Foreman, the number one player in the country, 
Obviously, that makes him the number one strong side defensive end in the country and the number one player in the state of California out of Centennial High School in Corona, uh, a high school that Oregon's been recruiting for quite some time now. Had some limited success, but they have improved their stature significantly ten years from 10 years ago till, till now. Uh, Mario Cristobal's crew have done a really good job getting themselves involved with Corey Foreman. They were a finalist before he committed to Clemson in early 2020, and then he backed off that verbal commitment, broke a streak of like four, five, six years in which Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of the Clemson Tigers, hadn't had a decommitment. He broke that streak, then now had a couple more. Uh, Corey Foreman, obviously, very, very special player. I mean, he's the number one player in the country for a reason. You look at Oregon's commit list along the defensive line, they've got three guys currently committed here. Uh, Keanu Williams is a strong side defensive end. Christian Brookhalter is a weak side defensive end. And Terrell Tillman is a weak side defensive end. The key here, though, is Burkhalter and Tillman are both being viewed as outside linebackers, even though they're ranked as weak side defensive ends. So Corey Foreman is a must-take, as, as, as lock of a must-take as you can get. I mean, he's the number one player in the country. You have to take him if he wants to come to Oregon if he does come to Oregon, uh, I could still see Oregon adding one more player to the defensive line, but that's because he's the number two player in the country. Anybody else, it's going to be extremely difficult in my eyes uh, to see them add someone else to the defensive line. Now, what happens if he doesn't? Who, who in your eyes, Kevin, is, is the target at, at defensive end if Corey Foreman says thanks but no thanks to the Oregon Ducks? I think the Ducks are just – It's this class is already so built up that, yes, they're going to go after JT Tumalau. It's the, the recruit we'll get to next, uh, clearly. Um, but I think it's kind of where the class is right now. He, Corey Foreman and JT are the guys that they are targeting. Um, there might be a few prospects that develop that have been they've, – they've extended a number of offers. I know that – uh, Christian Bruckhalder is an outside linebacker projected more rush end, but I think there are some guys that could develop into the hybrid rush ends, uh, not necessarily hand in the ground, but that would fill that front seven in the Avalos defense. So I, I think really the Ducks are putting the chips kind of all in here with keeping tabs warm just across the board in case someone else develops. I think the one guy that feels like an obvious transition but I don't know if they necessarily have the best chance at landing him is Aaron Armitage uh, of Blair Academy in Blairstown New Jersey four-star defensive end plays the same position same you know similar body type to Foreman and JT to allow um, but you know he's he's just a little bit lower of a tier than those two guys um, that transitions us now to the number two player in the country, and that's JT Tui Malau out of Eastside Catholic, Sammamish, Washington, Seattle area. You know, he the only reason he's the number two tight, number two defensive end in the country is because he's the number two player in the country behind Corey Foreman. Who's I mean, any other year, any yeah. other year, he'd be any the number one year. prospect. Any other year, he's the number one prospect, and uh, it speaks to the talent that, that Corey Foreman has. But for JT, uh, very similar situation, I think, with, with Corey Foreman. Um, if 
God forbid, if both guys want to come, you, you make the room. Uh, you, you are not turning down the number one or the number two player in the country. I, I think Oregon probably, as of today, late August, has a slightly better chance of landing JT than they do Corey. I think that's fair to say. Uh, I, I think the optimism with Corey is that Oregon has done the, the I don't want to say unthinkable, but has gone into Los Angeles and, and, and nabbed the top defensive prospect after looking like they were completely out of it right. in the summer. And they did that with Kayvon Thibodeau two years ago, and they did it last year with Justin Flo. So I think there's a little bit of can the Ducks lightning strike three times. Um, by doing that, I think there's some optimism there. But JT has been to Oregon multiple times. Uh, the Ducks are selling him on more than just being a top football player at a school that's really kind of emerging as one of the powers on the West Coast. I think they're really selling him on a, a wider package of what he can do at Oregon, which there is some, in, some intrigue there, and it's close to home. I, mean, I, I know that the Washington Huskies, there was a lot of early momentum there, but that's kind of faded, and Ohio State has kind of taken the reins for JT. So I think they're just – you got to take both if you can. Right now, I think JT would be the guy where I think Oregon stands the better chance. But I, I think there's still a lot of tough battles, especially with JT saying, I'm in no rush. If it takes me till next summer to decide. I think like he could end up doing that because he wants to take his visits and who knows when those will happen. Yeah, I agree. You, you have to... You have to wait it out for both of these guys. Uh, Foreman can maybe decide earlier. He's been on campus to a lot of these places. JT, I don't, I don't believe, has, and he wants to make – He came on campus He's for the season, season opener last year, and he I think he went out to Ohio State once, but he wants that official visit, that real I'm the big prospect experience. Exactly. And he I don't know if JT's visited other schools like Alabama. They're, they've gotten into the mix – uh, recently. Oklahoma. And yeah, so I'm not sure if he's been to those places. He's been to Oregon. He's been to Ohio State. Foreman's been to Oregon multiple times. He's been to Clemson multiple times. He's been to USC multiple times. Uh, you know, Georgia and LSU, have, has he been there? Not Off the top of my head, not sure. Um, but So you could see these guys wanting to take these visits, especially considering they're the number one player in the country. Um, anyone out there is going to take them, so they kind of have all the chips in, in, in their side of the table because they can decide on their terms and every school will take them. They know that. And that's uh, a, a big positive for any athlete out there. Not to, you know, that that's not to say everyone that has that, has that ability because they simply don't. Um, let's now allow that to transition us over to the third prospect on the defensive side of the football. And that's, Jeffrey Bossa, three-star safety from Kearns High School in Salt Lake City, Utah. He is the he, he's he's the ninth best player in the state of Utah. He's the 104th best safety in the country, six foot three, 200 pounds. He's rated as an athlete. Oregon's recruiting him as a safety. He's got a, a wide range of, of of schools he's considering right now: Arizona State, Baylor, Louisville, Oklahoma State, Oregon, Utah. Uh, I believe BYU is also in the mix. Um, so he, he's got a wide range of options, and Oregon has a need at that safety position. You look at the commit list, and 
They have three defensive backs currently committed. Jalen Davies is Oregon's highest rated commit. He's a, he's a cornerback. They also have Jadarius Perkins, a Juco cornerback who's committed in a, in a four star, a three-star player, excuse me. And then Darian Barkins, a three-star cornerback who's also committed. So they don't have a safety in this group. They originally had one in Anthony Beavers. He decommitted and then committed to USC earlier this year. Oregon needs a safety. Um, I think they, they have a little bit of a backup plan knowing that push comes to shove. Jalen Davies has the ability to play safety if they really need him to. But I don't know if that's necessarily their first choice for how they want to use Jalen Davies within the secondary at Oregon. Uh, so landing a safety is going to be important. And if they land him, Kevin, I have a hard time seeing them add anybody else in the secondary at, at, at the safety position specifically. Yeah, I don't think the safety is a position that they need to necessarily add another guy. I think um, with the defense being so multiple as it is and having um, a, a good crop of younger defensive backs that play safety I, I i don't know how important it is i think he's just a guy that uh the ducks have put the press on he's a very talented and versatile athlete at that safety position so i i think it is just a a positive ad even though his ranking might be lower I, I don't look at the ranking i look at what he's capable of and i think it'd be a good addition but I'd, like most of these other guys there just isn't a necessary point to a second guy and be like that is the guy you need to go take yeah, and that's that's the question. Um, they've made a couple scholarship offers, you know, the last couple of weeks at the safety spot. But I don't view anybody out there necessarily um, that you sit here and today and, and and say, "Wow, this this group is you know this this guy is a must take no matter what." Um, I, mm-hmm. I just. I just don't see it. You know, Jeffrey Bossa is – I would probably take Jeffrey Bossa um, no matter what just because you need a safety. Oregon's in a good position for him um, currently right now. But is there anyone else out there that you can definitively say, like, hey, this guy is one without a doubt, you know, a must-take. I don't know if there's that guy out there. Yeah, Damon David uh, out of – Maryland, they just offered last week, uh, I think is a guy that the Ducks are, are starting to, I mean, they just offered. So they're really starting to get to build that relationship and get to know. His film is pretty decent, um, but I, I don't know if he's necessarily a, a must-must-take, but I think he's a guy that, okay, if Bossa decides to go elsewhere, um, I mean, he's got, David has plenty of interest from schools like Michigan, I think was one of uh, his other top programs he's considering. So um, Oregon will definitely investigate that. I mean, they already have it offered, but uh, I think that's something that Oregon will continue to keep warm. Uh, but otherwise, I just don't see many other players out there. Yeah, Damon David said his focus was on Michigan and Boston College, but after landing an offer from the Ducks, it's now kind of become a, a top three, if you will. The Ducks are in there. Uh, in that group now with Michigan and Boston College. So, I mean, you at least have – you have your irons at another fire in case Jeffrey Bossa goes elsewhere. Um, and-, and look what the Ducks have been able to do the past few years. I mean, look at uh, – it was, I guess it was two years ago, but uh, going and getting DJ James and Jamal Hill late in the cycle. And those are guys who have played significant time for Oregon. 
Exactly. And you'll be able to go find guys that, you know, maybe have gone under recruited a little bit back East or in the South. And uh, that, that sets Oregon up for a position where uh, they have someone, you know, I, I like the fact that Damon David is, is, is being recruited at least by a couple other, you know, big time programs, Michigan being the, the other one. Boston college is a bowl eligible team consistently you know, the last you know, three or four, five, six years. Maybe not a team that's in contention for a New Year's Day Bowl, but they're still, you know, they're still hovering above that 500 mark. And you know, when you see a, you know, when you see teams that are consistently winning, Michigan in particular, you know, going after another guy that you're going after, uh, that's always kind of an extra validation. And not that Oregon's coaches need validation. I mean, I, I think we've we've figured out the last three or four years that. You know, Mario Cristobal's coaching staff is very good at evaluating talent, very good at evaluating talent early on, and not only just finding players that are talented, but also developing them. I mean, think of the development we've seen of Nick Pickett and, and Brady Breeze, uh, and, and before those two guys, uh, Ugo Amadi, who flourished under Keith Hayward. And also now you know, we're seeing Rome McKinley and Javon Holland, two underclassmen. I guess Holland isn't an underclassman anymore, but he's also turned into a, you know, a potential first-round draft pick at that safety spot. So Oregon's safeties the last four or five years have been really, really good, and their evaluation and their development at that position is solid. So if, if Jeffrey Bossa were to not commit to Oregon, uh, Damon David makes the most sense for Oregon to transition to. Um, but if Jeffrey Bossa commits, I just I don't see Damon David having an opportunity to, to, to also join this group. Yeah, I think that's kind of the the theme with all of these guys. It's kind of once if these guys, any of the six we've talked about today, make that thing, it's just kind of shut it down at that position, to quote John Taffer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, all right, hopefully you guys learned something on this podcast, this recruiting podcast. Go to duckterritory.com for more in-depth analysis on these players as well as Oregon's entire 2021 recruiting class and beyond. Uh, Oregon's recruiting heavily the 2022 class. They're making offers for the 2023 class. We just recently released our first edition of the 2023 rankings for 24-7 sports. So a ton of recruiting information going on right now on duckterritory.com, and you guys – can get all of it by subscribing and saving a huge amount of money with our 10-year promo anniversary, 50% off an annual membership. Save over $50 by subscribing to DuckTerritory.com. So for Kevin Wade, I'm Matt Bream. Thank you for listening to the Odds and Audible's podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.